this program contains techniques and exercises that can cause physical injury. Individuals involved in the production and those demonstrating their skills assume no responsibility for any injury or damage resulting from the execution of techniques and exercises presented herein. Because I'm the best in the world, even though a lot of you don't like to hear it. I just, it's fact, I'm the best, you know what I mean? I sometimes, I don't want to believe it myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best. Enough with the formality. I think we all know what time it is. It's time for the IC Robot Show with your host, the champ, IC Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, your host, the champ, IC Robots. And I'm still not a hero. I still sacrifice, like, a small piece of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. This week is going to get so much less weak. We're going to we're gonna talk about a phone message I got. We're going to talk about some He-Mans. We're going to talk about the top five movies of the year. It's going to be great. This is an awesome, awesome time to be alive. Hold it now. Hit it. Robot Show. I can feel your negativity. Quit playing them games. Stop beating around the bush, sucker. Just say my name. Uh, All right. Hey, this is me, and I am in in my garage. You, I, I apologize for the long musical interlude, but I had to leave the office, run out, and be in the garage because I received an interesting voicemail on the garage phone. I have no idea why they called out to the garage. We have a different line out there. I also have no idea why there's a different line set up out there, but it was set up when we moved in, and we... We haven't been charged for it in, like, forever. It's just been, like, in service. We have the phone out there, and it's been, like, forever. I don't, I don't even know if they know that we have, like, a different phone number out there. But um, maybe the people before us here had, like, a tenant or something. I don't know. Maybe they had somebody living out in the garage. But at any rate, I got an interesting phone call on the garage phone, and I, I had to come out here because the the answering machine for it is um, a mini cassette, one of those little small ones, and this is the only player that I have for, uh, you know, that type of thing. So, anywho, that was a long explanation to explain why I'm out in my garage right now. Let me, uh, let me play this cassette, and you guys can tell me what you think or what you make 
out of uh, out of it. Let's uh, let me get it going. Okay, here we go. And and I'm sorry. I apologize for the background noise. I'm out in the garage. It's not as soundproofed as the uh, as the Earth base office or the Jupiter Moon base recording booth, which I which I miss desperately. I I'm doing this like guerrilla style. Hold on. Let me play the cassette for you. One sec. Here we go. Hey there, laddie. It's me. You know from the Johnny Court case. Listen, I have been listening to your show and I heard the problems you are having with Plutronics. I think they are in breach of their contract with your union and that you should maybe think about suing them. You'd have a good chance of winning. If that is something you'd be interested in, give me a call on the phone. Anyway, hope you are doing well after that time in Johnny Jail. Bye. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting, right? That was, of course, Angus McShay, who you right, might remember from, uh, the whole deal with Johnny Court and Johnny Jail. He was the lawyer for Toys R Us Scotland with the whole, uh, TRU report debacle. It was, it was awful, but honestly, he didn't seem like that big of a, bad of a guy. If you, if you remember the episode, he... He actually, uh, you know, he came to my defense. This was um, Toys R Us Report episode number 200. If you haven't heard that one yet, go back and definitely hear hear, hear that. You can find it at uh, icrobots.com along with all, all sorts of other stuff. But um, if you recall that, he he came to my, my defense. He, uh, he, he, he wanted leniency for me, but uh, Johnny Five wasn't, wasn't having it. So inside the uh, Johnny Jail... I went, but, um, I, I do think the guy is at least like, um, he is like a trustworthy upstanding guy as far as, as far as I can tell. He was just, uh, working for the other side. I might, I might go ahead and give him a call. I'm, I'm, I'm curious how, um, how you guys feel about this. I'm still, I'm still hanging and banging around here, you know, no, no forward movement on any, any kind of Pooptronics stuff. Pooptronics was, um, is the company I work for, the, the intergalactic cell phone company that for a while had me working under the sea. And for a while, I had me working on Jupiter's third uh, largest moon, Callisto. It's been a long time since I've even even said those words. It, it feels like it feels like another life. Work is like you go to work, you go to work, you go to work, and it seems like this is your life. It seems like this is what you do. But then, as soon as you're not doing it, it it leaves your head. It just goes away because in reality, it's not important. It's hardly anything you care about unless unless you're one of the lucky few who um you know works in, in, in things they love, which is. Which is great for you, but I was up there, uh, you know, blow drying vents and airing out vents and doing things like that on the uh, on the Jupiter Moon base, where the Commodore, that's the uh, the president of Pooptronics, where he he had implanted a uh, cell phone tower, hoping to to capture the market in the intergalactic cell phone business, and he he needed me to go up there and kind of just keep an eye on things along with uh, my dude Iceberg and my pal Emily the Engineer. They're both up there. I haven't talked to either, either, in a while. That's also kind of how things are when you have a job. It's like you leave the job and then you just sort of never, never talk to a lot of the people that you talk to all the time. But, like, we've been through so much. We've been through numerous pirate attacks. We've been through space fleas we've done this and that we've gone on lightning strike rescue ops all these things can be found in various landmark episodes of the uh, good old toys of sport but um i i can't imagine that we're just gonna drift apart but you never you never know how these things are i never know how um 
how to how to reach out to people I haven't spoken to in a while. I I kind of fall into this uh, this problem of like the longer I go without reaching out, the less likely I am to do so. I I'm always reminded of this line from a Van Morrison song where he says, um, "If you ha- if you haven't heard from me, it's because." You, that means you didn't call or something. And I, I don't even know if that's the exact line, but I've always taken it to mean that contact goes two ways. And somewhere out there, there's somebody who feels like you, and they feel like the contact is getting further and further apart, and that's sad. It's doubly sad. But uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do something to rectify that soon. But, um, man, I, I, I've never been involved with a lawsuit of any sort before. Knock on wood. I've been, I've been lucky in that regard, but um, I... I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to burn the bridge. I don't want to burn the bridge between me and Pooptronics. Ultimately, I just want to go back to the Jupiter Moon base. I like it up there. I like, I like being in space. I like being with Iceberg. I like being with Emily. I like working on this up there. I'm not saying it's bad working on it down here. I got um, you know, I got a decent setup in the uh, Earth base nerd room, but um, it's it's nothing compared to the the nice mixing board with the drops and all that stuff. And it's nice to have Emily working on production. Sure. Iceberg, uh, he had a couple songs in the uh, in, in in the vault that I that I had that I've been using over the the past few weeks, but uh, there doesn't seem to be any new Iceberg songs forthcoming. This song here was uh, was actually put together by me, which is weird. I don't I don't do that a lot. Usually it's Iceberg. When you hear these commercial bits, or whatever, that's uh, that's Engineer Emily. But uh, I've been doing those for the past couple weeks myself too. I'm used to uh, being a much bigger crew than I am, so hopefully. Hopefully, you know, we'll head, we'll head back up there soon, I guess. Uh, I just, I wanted to share this message with you guys, though. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. It's something I've never been in the, uh, in the position to deal with before. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on the tweets, at ICRobots, I-S-S-E, uh, I, no, this is not right at all. How do you, how do you misspell your own name? I actually started drifting off, and, um, I'm looking at these rap tapes I have right above me, and I... I was wondering if that was the mix a lot with it doesn't matter. It, it does not matter at all. You can hit me up on the tweets at I C Robots that I S E E Robots as if I am looking off into space, checking for robots. Hit me up on Facebook. Get a Facebook group, Facebook.com backslash I C Robots. I am happy to um to hear what you guys say, man. Would you would you uh, hope that it uh, keeps working it out? Would you hope that with uh, the uh, local vent cleaner seven oh seven and you do Tommy Salami? It might work out that way. It might just work out through the union. But uh, it might be that I have to call Angus McShay. What would you guys do? What would you do if you were me? Angus McShay, or do we stay the chorus with Tommy Salami and the local vent cleaners at 707? We are... We're going to move into At The Movies. I'm going to talk about a, uh, a movie I saw called Underwater. Let me... I'm going to have to run back to the nerd room because the mic in there is better and you don't hear all that weird uh, jackhammering in the back. Be back in a sec. In a moment, at the movies without Ebert, Cisco, or even that dude Roper, but you've got icy robots, so that's something for me. Listen carefully, you are now descending seven miles to the bottom of the ocean. Was that an earthquake? No. Gotta get to the escape pod. What happened? We walk up. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen. You don't know what's out there. Turn your lights off. Underwater. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean and we don't know what came out. 
I uh, barely made it back. You might have heard me running from the garage. I barely made it back in time. We went to see Underwater on a Wednesday night. Underwater is, uh, it's an action film starring Kristen Stewart. Maybe, maybe you could even say it's a horror movie. There are, there are monsters and stuff and scary situations. The, the basic, uh, gist of the film is that Kristen Stewart is a mechanical engineer at a undersea base seven miles down below in the ocean. Now, I... I wonder if maybe they've heard this show and they wanted to, they wanted to try to outdo the Pooptronics base, which was 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. So they're like, we're going to go just a little bit, just a smudge, just a smudge lower, just to try to make you guys look bad. But guess what? We don't look bad. We don't care. It's no big deal. I like under the sea movies. I like deep sea adventures and that that sort of thing. I I guess having the experience of working down in the undersea base, it it's fun to watch these kind of things and see how much uh how much reality there is in the movie. I I enjoyed this flick a lot. I I, I thought that I would like it. I'm a I'm a Kristen Stewart fan. I think she has a lot of potential as a as a movie starlet, and I was excited to see her have a turn in an action film. Sure, she did Charlie's Angels, but that, that was neither here nor there. This is like her first solo, like a solo lead in a movie, and I was uh, a little bit interested to see how that went, and I, I feel like it went pretty well. This was, this was what I would call like a, like a fun B movie, like, it's not, it's not gonna change the world. It's not going to do anything like that, but it is definitely like a fun diversion. The kid wanted to have our kid. The kid wanted to have a Super Smash Bros. tourney here at the uh, at the Earth base. So she asked us if we could go out and do stuff. And we're like, yeah, man, I'll take any opportunity to go out during the week. So we, we took this in and as... As kind of like a last minute going to uh, sort of check out kind of deal, I thought it was fun. The The story is they, they're down below... Something happens, and next thing you know, they have to try to survive, like, a monster attack under the sea. They're in some kind of, like, a drilling base, like a drilling operation. The movie kind of, not even kind of, it is pretty much exactly the story of Alien, the first Alien from back in the day. It's not, it's not as good as that, but it is reminiscent of that movie in many, many, many ways. And that's fine. That doesn't, that doesn't bother me. I hear people complain about things being like other things, but I'm like, if it was like something I liked the first time, maybe I'll uh, like it again this time. And I did. I did like it. So, uh, so did the wife. She dug it too. She felt like it was scary, but not too scary. Like it fell right into that little sweet spot of having tension and fear and having monsters, but not being like jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. I'm not having a good time. She had a good time. I had a good time. One of the things I really enjoyed about this movie was the uh, was the pace. It just starts. It just jumps right in, and within a minute, the undersea base is starting to fall apart. It goes and it goes. There's no like early character development. You don't see the people and like learn. All their weird backgrounds and all that stuff. You do learn, like, you learn about the people as you go along. But it's not one of those things where you see, like, everybody, everybody getting onto the station. And they're talking. And they're getting to know each other. It's just like Kristen Stewart's in the bathroom. Brushing her teeth. Next thing you know, water's coming in through the walls. They're running for their lives. And I, I appreciated that. It was almost like the movie started in the second act. It was like there was no first act. It's just long second act, third act. And I I appreciate that. I didn't know what to make of it when I was sitting there because it feels like it feels like the movie could be over 
at any second. You know, like the pacing of a movie, it starts off and it goes and it goes and then all the action happens. And once once you start getting into the giant action pieces, you kind of feel like this could be the end. But that starts so quickly that the whole time you're sort of like, I'm not really sure where we are as far as like reaching the end of the movie type deal. And that was that was cool. I don't know very much about the uh, the dudes behind the movie. It was directed by... It was directed by a guy named uh, William Eubank, who, let's, uh, let's take a look at Mr. Eubank's background and see if there's anything on his roster that we may have, we may have known. Oh, he directed this movie called The Signal with, um, with, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. I remember that from a few years ago. That wasn't a bad movie. I believe that's playing on Netflix right now as we speak. I... I don't know any of the people outside of Kristen Stewart that were in this movie. They're people that I've seen before, people that I recognize from different things, but they aren't, like, people whose names I would know. There's Vincent Casal, Jessica Henwick, John Gallagher Jr., Mamandu Athi, and Gunnar Wright. These are all people I've seen in things, but I, I do not know. The movie runs for a very brief 95 minutes. That was something that I also like. Nice, nice and tight. Nice and fun, easy to sit through, easy to enjoy. I I understand that people aren't liking it as much as I am, but I, I went in with very low expectations. I'd seen the reviews, I knew people weren't loving it, I knew they said it was just kind of an alien knockoff, which it is, but like we said, that's fine. So when I sat down and I, I just, you know, let myself get into it, I let myself be immersed in it, I did, I did have a fun time. I don't know if this is something I'm going to like rush out and get on Blu-ray at Joe Video as soon as it comes out. But you know what? I might, because I could see myself watching parts of this again. It does feel like a nice kind of, nice kind of background deal. So on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to go ahead and give Underwater a solid three Three mics. Three mics. Because of the following special program, Foley Square and Charlie and Company will not be presented this evening. This week, I see Robot is going to list the top five movies of 2019. This is me, and we are back. The top five movies of the year is one of our longest slash strongest traditions. We've been doing it for like... For, like, the entire run of the uh, five years that the show has been in existence, I I love the movies. I love going to see the movies. I love to talk about the movies. I love trying to quantify what makes a movie good. And all of these things are contained therein in the top five of the year. I thought it was a pretty good... A pretty good movie year overall. A lot of a lot of good things came out. A lot of bad things came out. A lot of things just came out in general, I guess. I think the biggest story of the year is the way that we're seeing movies is continuing to change. It's continuing to uh, grow and evolve and differ. Netflix, Hulu, all these all these streaming entities are now more than ever taking a Taking a big chunk of the movie-going audience. When I go to the movies, it's still jam-packed for the most part. On the weekends, when a big feature comes out. But I believe, by and large, people are watching more movies than ever. And one way that they're doing that is in their house. I I feel that's reflected by the fact that a lot of, like, big-name directors are taking their movies over to Netflix. 
over to Hulu, you got, like, Martin Scorsese. His latest movie was there. Spike Lee's next movie. It's going to be on Netflix. Uh, Steven Sodenberg. His last movie was on Netflix. Michael Bay. His last movie didn't go to the theater. It went to Netflix. This is all wild. This is all wacky. And I believe this will be reflected in the top five of the year. I I don't know what else there is to say beyond that. I, I, I feel like that was... That was probably a fairly thorough instruction. You know what a top five is. You know what a movie is. You know what 2019 is. It's all it's all explained to you right there in the title with all that said. Let's get going. Number five. My number five movie of the year is The Irishman by Martin Scorsese. This is one of the aforementioned Netflix movie. I did actually see this one in the theater, but it is a Netflix feature paid for, produced, and right now as we speak on Netflix. I think that's great. It's actually... It's allowed me to see the movie two more times since it came out, and that's that's awesome. I got no complaints. I thought that this movie was dynamite. I thought it was a lot of fun. I am a Martin Scorsese fan of the highest order, and while I did not think this was his greatest movie that there's ever been, that's, that's saved for another top five in the future. I didn't think this was the greatest one that's ever been, but I do think that any Martin Scorsese is a lot of fun. Any Martin Scorsese that gets him back together... With Bobby De Niro, De Niro, and Joe Pesci, that's that's dynamite right there. And the movie also has Bobby Cannavale, who is one of my favorite actors of all the times. It has Ray Romano, who, while I did not have a lot of respect for him back in the day, he keeps getting better and better and better. And now, I would have to say that I, I'm a Ray Romano supporter. I got nothing but love for the dog. This movie is the story of a guy who goes from the battlefields of Europe all the way to uh, becoming Jimmy Hoffa's bodyguard. The way he does this is, well, it's he does it basically by killing people. He is an assassin. He's a hitman. He's a cold-blooded murderer. And the the movie is basically, it's his life story as told by him. The, the movie did have its detractors. Some people felt like it was too long. And it is. It's very long. But I, I don't consider that to be a bad thing. There's also, there is controversy about the use of CGI in a uh, de-aging sort of effect. They they take De Niro and they make him seem really young. They take Joe Pesci and they make him look really young. And yes, this is a bit distracting. when you're When you're looking at Joe Pesci and you can tell that it's not really Joe Pesci. It's not really Bob D. It's... It's an animated head on Bobby D's body. That is, that is a bit distracting. I do feel like that's one of the reasons the movie didn't get like a higher spot because every once in a while I'm watching it and I go, that's so weird. That's so weird that Bobby D is a, a cartoon head. But I, I try not to allow this to take away from my my love of what is what's a pretty good movie. There's a lot of cool dialogue. There's a lot of neat scenes. Joe Pesci is dynamite in this movie. This may be the best Joe Pesci performance I've ever seen. He's not as normal, he's not as normal loudmouth screaming and fussing Joe Pesci. He's kind of a quiet, serene Joe Pesci. And I thought that was just, I thought that was dynamite. I I did see this 
in the theater, like I said at the beginning, and I, I do feel that the best way to see this movie is all in one long sitting. I, I think that people are taking it in maybe like two or three chunks, and I I felt like I might do that if I watched it at home, and I have done that when I've watched it on the flicks, but I, I thought I'm going to have to go to the movies when this comes out. I'm going to have to lock myself in so that I have to watch it the way that Martin Scorsese intended one long shot. And I, I thought it was really great. I thought it was a lot of fun. If you got Netflix, by all means, watch this. Even if you have to watch it in three chunks, go ahead and do that. I think the best enjoyment is in one chunk. But if you got a three chunk it, go ahead and do it. Whatever it takes to get through it, right? I guess. Anywho, let's see. Uh, Let's see. What's number four? Number four. On April 26th. Very different circumstances. This would be totally awesome. Summer begins. It's time to live up to our name. This is our Hail Mary. With the end game. You know your teams, you know your missions. Look out for each other. Oh, God. What's up, regular size man? <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Rated PG-13. Tickets on sale now. My number four movie of 2019 is a movie known as Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame is the final piece in this whole giant, this massive, enormous wave of Marvel things that we've been watching up until this point. This is 20 films, 20 movies, all culminating in Avengers Endgame. And man, they did it. Right. The basic idea of this is that Thanos, the evil titan Thanos, has gone ahead and used the Infinity Gauntlet to rewrite history in a way that he feels is better. And the way that he feels things are better is by eliminating half of all life on the Earth. And the Avengers are going to do some kind of a scheme. They're going to do some kind of a plan to go and change it so that this never happened. This was such a fun movie. I thought it was great. The action is tight. The CGI is tight. The script is tight. The acting is tight. Toward the end, there is a scene that will make you cry. If you do not cry at the end of this movie, there is darkness in your heart that you need to address. You need to find the love that's in there. You need to find the way to open yourself up to joy. You need to find your way to let some tears come out. That's just what I think. If you don't cry, don't take it too seriously. You know, it's all, it's all fine, man. As long as you enjoyed it, that's all that, all that matters. I realize I took it a bit too far by saying you guys got a black heart, but this movie was, this movie was dynamite. I got it as soon as it came out on Blu-ray. That's not true. I, I get my Blu-rays over at Joe Video here in Santa Rosa. He sells used DVDs and Blu-rays. The DVDs are $7.00. The Blu-rays are $9. I've managed to put together, like, a really nice collection of Blu-rays over there. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll wait till he puts them out on Previously Viewed and I'll grab them. And when there's something I want, I'll go once a week to go check and see if he's put it out. Because over the years, I have missed out on some things I want. A new Marvel DVD or Blu-ray is going to cost you, like, 25 26 bucks, And that's more than your boy wants to spend on a Blu-ray. But 9 bucks, Perfect. 9 bucks, Bargain. So I... I was hanging out over at Joe Video just waiting for Joe to pull it out and put it on the uh, for sale shelf. And when he did, I got it. And when he did, I was so happy. I remember that me and the wife had been just going over there. Every time we rent, we'll go and rent a movie like once a week. I like to I like to support Joe Video. We'll go over there and the first thing we do is we head in the door. 
go to the Blu-rays that are on sale just in case something I want is out there. And every week we'd go do it, never find the Avengers. And then one day I went and for some reason I, I was lollygagging over by the door and the wife had passed me by over to the uh, display and she pulled out Avengers Endgame. And she's like, we got it. I got it. I went home, I put it in, and I watched it. I've watched it a couple times. I think it's amazing. It's not as good, in my opinion, as uh, the first Avengers, the first one in this series with Thanos. That is, that's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. But this movie is really close second as far as being a superhero feature. It's amazing. If you take the two pieces, the first one, the second one, combine them together, you make one giant Infinity Gauntlet movie, you have a masterpiece. This movie was great. This movie shows you the kind of the kind of heart, the kind of feelings, the kind of action you can get in a superhero movie. I feel like you guys have seen this already. You don't need me to recommend it to you. If you haven't seen it, go check it out, man. I don't know if it's on Disney+. Plus. It probably is. If it's not, it will be soon. The first part, I believe, is on Netflix still right now as we speak. So you can spend six hours, watch the whole thing, and you will be on cloud nine. You will be floating in the sky with bliss. You'll be happy if you like superhero movies, if you, even if you don't. Even if you don't, I went to see this with the wife, the kid, the kid's gal pal. We all had a great time. We got an Avengers bucket for our popcorn and it was just, it was just heaven. It was just great. It was like, it was like one of those comic book movie team ups come to life. Everybody that they have in their universe is in this. You got Black Panther, you got Captain America, you got everybody. It was great. It was dynamite. Go see it now. Well, uh, let's move forward, I guess. And see what is numero tres. I feel like I know you. I've been watching you forever. Well, there's something special about you, Arthur, I could tell. But you don't listen. <laughs> I'm just trying to make him smile. Just Joker. Rated R. My number three movie is another comic book movie. That's actually something we'll talk about during this, this segment here. But it's a movie known as The Joker. So far, Joaquin Phoenix, who has the store of this as The Joker, has won, I believe he won the Golden Globe, and I don't know if he won the Screen Actors Guild Award, but dude is, dude is amazing. This movie was, it was a piece of work, man. It was something that was like a, uh, it was like, and still is a cultural phenomenon. When it came out, people were afraid that incels were going to come and shoot up everybody in the cinema. And I got to admit, when I went to see it, I had my head on permanent swivel, watching out for an incel, watching out for a goofball to come in and start throwing around hand grenades. That's the... That's the kind of effect that this had on, on, on the world. I'm glad to see that nothing happened, that the whole thing was just like a hype. I wonder if this was hype put out by the studio. But anyway, that shows you what people were thinking when this movie came out. This movie is huge. This movie might win the Oscar. Joaquin Phoenix, I kind of feel, is the favorite to take home the uh, Best Actor Award. And it's absolutely deserved because... I can't say that the story of the movie is that great. What I, I think makes it great is the performance that our homeboy Joaquin put out. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. Every time he's on the screen, he 
He draws your eyes to him. You can't take your eyes off what this guy's doing. First as a civilian, and then later as the Joker. It is just great. I I do feel that to call this a comic book movie is stretching it a bit. Sure, the Joker is a comic book character. No one is disputing that. But this, if it is a comic book story, I would say it's more of an Elseworlds. That's... That's this gimmick that DC does when they want to tell a story that's outside continuity, a story that is somehow different. A perfect example of this is Superman Red Sun, where our boy uh, Kal-El lands in Russia instead of Earth, and everything is flip-flopped. He's a, uh, he's a great commie hero. This is sort of like that. This is an alternate telling of the story, which is cool. I like an Elseworlds as much as the next guy. I've enjoyed many, many, many an Elseworlds tale over the year, and I don't, I don't feel like everything has to be, like, in the same universe, but when, when you get something that comes out as magical as this is, it would be neat to see more of it, and I have, I have heard word of a sequel, I've heard word of this and that on the, on, on the, uh, the internet, but I don't think that we'll ever see, uh, Engineer Nerd's favorite actor Rob Pattinson's version of the Batman clash with, uh, the greatest Joker that's probably ever been, Joaquin Phoenix. It would be fun if, if he did, but I, I don't know that that will ever happen. My gut says no. My gut says probably not. But we can always, we can always hold up. I cannot stress enough the cultural phenomenon this movie is. When I'm on Reddit or I'm on Facebook or I'm on whatever, I am constantly accosted by Joker memes. There are so many little pictures with the picture of Joaquin Phoenix, some kind of like random text underneath that scene where the homies dancing down those steps in Brooklyn, in the full Joker regalia. That is a meme of the highest order. And when something becomes meme-worthy to that degree, man, it is definitely touching the uh, the cultural zeitgeist. And I, I feel like this movie, man, this movie is going to be around for a long time, much in the way that a movie like The Taxi Driver, much in the way that a movie like Fight Club, much in the way that a movie like Office Space touches people in sort of like a... Uh, counterculture, disenfranchised way. This is going to be with us for a long, long, long time. It, It's already hit Blu-ray. I do imagine that I'm going to pick it up. But when this starts getting, like, into basic cable or, like, a streaming service like a Netflix or, like, a DC Universe or, like, whatever, I think people are going to be watching this 24-7. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that I think that's a thing that's going to happen. So be ready for that. I I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to be excited to see if somebody, another somebody, can win an Oscar for being the Joker. I, I myself am a Batman fan. I do prefer Superman, but I like Batman. I'm not the biggest fan of the Joker. I can see the appeal, and I don't think that he's like a lame character or, or whatever, but it's not like when I read a Batman comic, I go, oh my gosh, it's the Joker. I'm so excited, but I I just, I'm amazed by the fact that this character is going to be the only comic character to ever get awarded in this way. Once again, it'll be twice. That's just crazy to me. Just crazy that there are so many culturally significant performances of of this. You got Heath Leather, Ledger. You got Jack Nick. And now you got Joaquin, who may be the best one there's ever been. It's crazy. Before we move on to find out what number two is, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. You need a loan because you just had a big weekend and now you're in for a very small week. Or maybe you're looking for that something special at a bargain price. Well, here at the pawn shop, we've been making loans, buying, selling, and trading for nearly 30 years. Hi, Dad. 
Remember, the original one-stop shop, the pawn shop. Hi, Michael. Gee, I love this town. Number two. This is how I work. Uncut Gems 2019. Big shout out to the Santa Rosa Pawn Shop over on 4th Street. Gee, I love this town. My number two movie of 2019 is a movie called Uncut Gems. It stars Adam Sandler as Howard, a a hip-hop jewelry-selling kind of dude who has a giant opal. They just trying to flip. And then he comes into conflict with Kevin Garnett, the basketball player. This was, this was absolutely positively the tensest movie that I saw in 2019. Things go so bad for Howard. They go so south so quickly that it's just, man, you, you see it coming. You see it coming step by step by step. And the whole time you're like, Howard, don't do it. Howard, don't do it, but then he does it, and you watch it, and it all plays out right in front of your eyes, and while it's happening, you're sitting there going, man, I wish I could be there just to help Howard and just to tell him not to do this, tell him to to go straight, straighten up and fly right before it all turns out bad, and man, things take a turn for the worse for our dude Howard. This movie was pretty fun, though, I have to say. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. When it was over, my shoulders were tense. I had a bit of a headache. I felt like, man, I'd really gone through the ringer. And that's that's a nice feeling when you go see a movie. It means that you're really connected with it. It means that it's like really, really getting into your heart. And this one, this one did for sure. I am going to totally watch this one again. I hear that it's going to um, pop up on Netflix fairly quickly. It may actually be up there by the time you guys hear this. So if you do happen to see it, I cannot recommend this one highly enough. I think that it was an absolute train robbery that Adam Sandler didn't win an Oscar nomination. That's, that's words I never, not, never, not, never, never, never thought I would ever say, but I, I'm saying it. I am not like a giant Adam Sandler fan. I wouldn't even say I'm a very small Adam Sandler fan. There have been things that he's done that I've liked. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but by and large, he's, He's by no means my dude. I liked him in, I liked him in that movie he did with P.T. Anderson. I've liked him in a few, a few other things over the year, but I'm not like years. I'm not the type that goes so much for like these, these slapstick comedies or whatever. Billy Madison's dope. There are some funny movies in there. Happy Gilmore. I'm not saying there's not, but I, I feel like dudes maybe made like four or five hits out of like 40, 50, 60, 70 times at bat and that's not a that's not a great ratio but this one man he definitely slams the ball out of the park like how I how I kept all those baseball references going it was it was pretty slick of me especially when the movie kind of goes around you know NBA players and their their amazing uh, baseball skills what is that the National Baseball Association Kevin Garnett's uh, first baseman for the Boston Celtics or something I don't know I I don't follow sports that closely I guess, but, um, this one, this one's a really great movie. Definitely go see it. Go out of your way to see it. It only played for, like, a couple weeks here in Santa Rosa, and Santa Rosa kind of has a pretty good record of playing these kind of, these kind of smaller sort of movies for long periods of time. The first few times we went to see it, it was sold out. I said that when I reviewed it a couple weeks back, but, um, I did eventually get to go see it. It's soon going to be more accessible to all you guys out there. And check it out. You'll definitely, you'll definitely like it. I can see this one getting, getting a cult status. So, 
with all this said, it's time, it's time to find out what was Icy Robot's favorite movie of 2019. Here is Icy Robot's favorite flick of 2019. Where are raving about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? <gasps> Rolling Stone says it's pure cinema pow. Pow! Time Magazine declares DiCaprio and Pitt are marvelous together. Here I come. Oh, here I come. Oh. Esquire proclaims it's Tarantino's masterpiece. What a picture. Good picture. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Rated R. All right, there you go. You got it. My number one movie of 2019 is a movie known as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It is the latest film by the auteur, the great Quentin Tarantino. It stars Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, and I would not be surprised to see this movie win the Best Picture Oscar this year. It's going to be it's going to be a tough race. It's going to be a hard one to pick. There's a lot of movies out there that feel like they have a lot of traction. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is... It is sort of like an alt-history retelling of the tale of uh, of Sharon Tate, who, as you know, was murdered in a horrific uh, incident in the Hollywood Hills. It also follows the, uh, the career of a cowboy actor played by Leonardo DiCaprio and his stuntman pal played by Brad Pitt. His... His career was once way up at the top. Now it's moving down to the bottom. He's uh, relegated to uh, spaghetti westerns and such. This is this movie is a love story to a 60, 70 Hollywood. I, I thought this was great. I am, of course, a giant fan of Quentin Tarantino. Most people my age are, and I'm R. Why do I have such a hard time? Why do I say it like a pirate every time? R. It is R. But I, I still have a hard time. I don't even know. There's... There's just so many weird words that are hard to say out there, especially when your brain's flying like a million miles a minute, like like mine is when I do this. I I lost my train. Anyway, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I saw it in the theater, then I saw it in the theater once again, and then I bought it on a Blu-ray over at Joe Video. To me, that's the sign of love. Do I love it or not? Do I buy it or not? And if I buy it, do I actually watch it? And I have since watched it twice, so I know that... I know that. I love the film. It's a lot of fun, man. I gotta say, though, it is really, really, really long, like all Quentin Tarantino movies are. It is incredibly violent at the end, like all Quentin Tarantino movies are, but it's a lot of fun. It's so great. Watching watching uh, all these old-timey Hollywood landmarks, these theaters and stuff, it's just, it's just amazing. We all... We all can tell you Dude, Icy Robots is in love with the movies, in love with the cinema, in love with the whole everything. So seeing a movie that was just... So in love with going to see a movie, just so in love with making a movie, so in love with Hollywood, I, I also fell in love. So it was, it was a hoot, dude. There you go, man. I, I felt like this was an awesome year for movies. I saw so many things that I enjoyed. And honestly, I didn't see that many things that I I didn't enjoy. Really, I would be hard pressed to say what was the worst movie of the year. I, I know not. Maybe that Jerry Butler one, the uh, the has fallen. What was it? Um, the the president has fallen. I don't know. I saw it twice, so it couldn't have been couldn't have been that bad. I honestly didn't like Jojo Rabbit that much. I felt like that was one of the worst movies that I saw last year. I I don't know. Let's uh 
Let me find the movie list. I got it around here somewhere. Hold your horses for a moment. Let me, let me see. I keep it inside of my uh, Trapper Keeper. That's where I keep all of my important documents. Um, let me see. I got it right here. Let's, let's scroll through this really quick and see if there's any like one star clunks. Let's see. Um, dun dun dun. Nothing so far. Fighting with my family. The WWF movie I gave that 2.5 mics wasn't really that bad. Triple Frontier, again, not really that bad. Slice, that was a straight-to-DVD horror movie, so that doesn't really count. Um, let me see. Dot, 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 dot. I am sorry, I am boring you. I should have had this done ahead of time. The Dead Don't Die. I gave that two mics. That was Jim Jarmusch's zombie movie. That, that might have been the worst one that I saw all year. And when the worst movie you've seen all year has Bill Murray, Adam Driver, and it's directed by Jim Jarmusch, and it's about zombies. That's that's not the worst thing in the world, because it wasn't bad as much as it was, uh, it was disappointing. So, I don't know. Great year all around. Had a good time. Let's move into the final segment of the show! You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash other boring stuff informational moment. This episode of the Icy Robots Show is brought to you by my dog's favorite treat, Dope Dog. They make dogs happy, the tastiest CBD treat for dogs who need a little something extra. Dogs love Dope Dog too because their treats taste amazing and they make them feel better. Parents love them even more because of their human-grade ingredients and high-quality CBD. If your dog suffers from separation anxiety, joint pain, or even if they're just having a bad day, Dope Dog can help. They have a full collection of CBD products designed specifically for dogs, including treats, oils, and even CBD shampoo. Is your dog ready to be a Dope Dog? Let me... Let me, uh, let me share with you guys a bit of a personal anecdote. You guys all know I have Ursa, my wonder dog, my beloved red healer. She's, she's getting up there in, uh, in years, you know, it's, it's sad to see your dog start to, start to lose that get up and go. I like to take her out for walks twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. When we hit up the morning walk, it's usually cold, it's wet, it's, uh, it's not fun, and I could see that her knees were bothering her. She didn't have the, the pep in her step that she normally does. So I decided to look into see what I could do to uh, help her with her problems. And I, I talked to my vet. I talked to a few different people who I know are dog lovers. And they they wholeheartedly recommended CBDs. This wasn't something I knew a lot about. So I, I started hitting up the web, doing a bit of research. And this led me to Dope Dog. And I I dove in. I dove in head first. I got some some oils and some different things to try for her. And let me tell you, her uh, her get up and go is back. I can definitely see improvement in her, her, her walking abilities. At first, she was... She was a bit laggy. I could see that, I wouldn't say she was arthritic, but I could see that she was having some pains. And now, she's pretty much back to normal, man. She's a good, a happy, super excited dog. So I cannot recommend Dope Dog to you guys highly enough. Hit up their website. It's dope.dog and use promo code ICYROBOTS for 20% off anything in the store. It's a great deal. I use these. I've bought these. They're great. I... I think that you guys should give it a shot. If you got a dog, if you're a dog lover, give it a go, man. What's it gonna hurt? 20% off dope.dog ISR approved. I've uh I've been back buying um He-Mans again. Masters of the Universes. I I'm hooked. I'm absolutely hooked, my dude. I think one of the things that's got me like all all hooked on them, all sprung, is that uh the prices aren't that bad. Like, you can get dudes for, like, 20 bucks. You can get guys for, like, 15 bucks. Not the best guys, of course. The best guys go for a lot more. But you can, 
you can find a few dudes out there with weapons at like super low prices. Let me tell you about the two that I got this week. I've already, I've already posted pictures of uh, one of them on uh, the Instagram. That's Icy Robots on Instagram. I've been doing a lot of toy photos lately, so go make sure and check that out at Icy Robots. But at any rate, I I got one, and he is a dude that goes by the name of uh, Manny Faces. He's a uh, he's a good guy. He's a baby face. I think he's a baby face. I'm pretty sure, but he has a uh, dial on the top of his head that you can turn, and he has three different faces. It's a robot face, a monster face, and a normal face for the uh, the three moods of many faces. He's cool. He's okay. He has his gun. His gun is like neon orange. I like him. I remember having him as a kid, but he's one of the... He's one of the less desirable ones, I guess, as far as price goes. If you're judging it by price, I got him for eight ninety nine. This is how this is how I work this out. They got this new gimmick on uh, eBay where you um, can send offers to people who are watching things, and I've been going through and like watching all sorts of things that I want in hopes that somebody will send me an offer and we can start negotiating and maybe I can get like a low price. And this is this has worked out a few times pretty decently already. I got many faces this way. The guy initially wanted I think like 18.99 and then he sent me an offer and we ended up working it down to like 8.99. He just wanted to get rid of it. So I I got him, he put him in the mail, he came a few days later and then I got this other guy. This guy that I am going to open right here on the air. I've had him for just about a week now. And I've wanted to get at him, but I, I waited till this moment. I I got him in a very similar way. I put an offer. Did you hear that? That was my switchblade. I'm going to open the box. I got a switchblade when we were in Hawaii on vacation. I guess they're legal there, but they're not legal here in California. So don't tell anybody. If, um, if you do, I'm just going to say it was a switchblade sound effect, which it was. That's what it actually was. Let's see. I'm going to cut the box this way now. It's taped in here pretty well. As so far, decently wrapped. Well wrapped, I would say. There you go. You got to hear it again. Another use of that switchblade sound effects. Let's see. This came from Tempe, Arizona. That's not too, not too far from here. It's packed in paper, which I like. I, I prefer it when people use paper if it's not really that delicate of an item because you can reuse that or recycle that pretty easy. These are, these are very well packed. The guy himself is wrapped in bubble uh, wrap and taped at many, many different spots. I'm going to have to give this guy a high rating in the packing category. Good job, Tempe, Arizona. Homeboy, let me pull him out. The guy that I have here is a master of martial arts from Eternia. He is a guy known as Jitsu. He has a golden hand that he can do chops with. You hear that chop? That's him going chickity chickity chop, chopping through wood. He's in good shape. I like him. Let's see how well he stands up. One of the things that happens with He-Mans is they get really, really wobbly legs. I'm going to have to open the, uh, going to have to open the blade again and get into the weapon. He wrapped the weapon separately. I slipped through and almost stabbed myself in the face. That would have been cool. You could hear me die right here on the air. But then who would post it? Who would post it if I, if I died? Let me, let me say, Gino Vega, if you, uh, hear of my death. Find some way to check out and see if I was recording an episode at that moment and uh, post it if you can. You might have to do some final editing, but I trust you. You're a um, you're a North Bay recording legend. I trust you to do that for me. It's like it's like when uh, George Harrison was ill and he was passing away, and he had some recordings, and he he sent them along to um, the fellow from ELO, whose name is absolutely eluding me. I did not expect to go in this direction, but he gave it to him. 
and he was like, Jeff Lynn. I think this, yeah, Jeff Lynn. He's like, Jeff Lynn, finish these for me. That's what I'm doing, Gino Vega. If you find anything out there, finish it for me. This was all me vamping. That was me all delaying while I opened up his blade. He has an orange sword, a, uh, it's a, um, curved sword, kind of like a, I cannot remember what the, uh, a cinema? No, it's not quite like a cinema, but it is, it is more curved than a, uh, katana, for example. I, I like him. He has armor that, um, snaps in four places, and the armor is complete. He was made in 1983. I was 10 years old when this came out, and I had jitsu. I think that's why, I think that's why, now that I look back, like, He-Mans were so important to me because I was, like, right in that sweet spot of playing with toys as a kid. Jitsu's dope. I like him. I've had him a few times in the past, but I've never, I've never had him complete. For some reason, he's one I seem to find a lot at the flea market. I remember not this flea market that we sold at, but the one before that. I'll, I'll get these, like, big bins of toys that I find at the dig. If I find, like, random action figures at the dig, I'll usually buy them and just throw them in a bin. Save them from getting destroyed. Hopefully somebody will want to pick them up for me at the, at the flea market for dioramas or whatever. But at any rate, I I had two jitsus in there, which was which was weird. Every once in a while, I have like He-Man parts, like He-Man heads that I would sell. I don't, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm keeping them. I'm keeping them all. But I had a couple jitsus in there. And this guy, I remember this very clearly. This guy in a poncho. He was wearing a really dope poncho. Like he was Daryl on The Walking Dead when Daryl lost his vest. And he had... He had like an afro and some big round sunglasses. The guy was the guy was awesome. He looked like a sly from Sly and the Family Stone. He bought both of my jitsus and a uh, a broken horse. I think its name is Strider. I had a Strider in there. I I come across these. I think they're called Striders. I come across them all the time as well. I have two in the garage right now. I'm I'm flicking that karate chop. I like Jitsu man. He's a good figure. Good wrapped. Good packaging. Everything. A O K G D K. I uh, I picked up a few other things as well at the the flea market the other day. There was a guy and he had um he had three bins of starting lineup figures, like '80s starting lineup dudes. He had one bin that was all football dudes, one bin that was basketball dudes, and one bin that was a uh, baseball dudes. And I I like starting lineups. I don't really ever buy them. I guess I have. Like a couple, I have a Rob Deer somewhere. My brother gifted me a Carney Lansford that I have hanging up, but I I don't have any like Lucy ones. And I I, I kind of I don't know, man. I was in the mood to do some digging through these things, so I I went through and I got um I think three. Did I get three? No, I got four. I got four altogether out of the basketball ones. I got Michael Jordan. I couldn't pass on MJ. MJ is the goat, and I, I don't know, man. I felt like this was, I, I, I've never had one. Never had an MJ figure of any sort, so I went for that. And then I got um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. This is a cool one to me. Kareem is up doing his famous sky hook. Kareem seems like a player from, like, a generation even before the starting lineup era. Like, he was on the Lakers here, but he had, like, he had this whole career as a different dude before he became a Laker and teamed up with Magic. So this was, this one seemed like extra cool and like extra old to me. And then I got a Bill Lane Beer from the Bad Boy Pistons. Bill Lane Beer was one of my fave players back in the day. He was like a giant, tall, slow-footed white guy who had the, uh, the sharpest elbows in the game. He was a thug. He was a punk. And for whatever reason at that time in my life, I really... It really related to this team and to this guy in particular. So I was happy. I was happy to have him. To me, he was kind of the uh, jewel of all this. The Bill Lambeer starting lineup is hard. Um, hard for me to believe that there was some dude out here who actually bought this. And that somehow over time it made it to me. 
at the flea market. And then I got uh, Alan Trammell from the uh, 83, uh, was it 83? I don't know, 88? The 88 Tigers, he was the shortstop. Him and him and Sweet Lou Whitaker were like the, uh, the one-two punch of the team. Trammell's in the Hall of Fame now, I think. He was one of my favorite baseball players back in the, uh, back in the old days. For whatever reason, I was like a Tiger fan. I talked all about this on the, uh, baseball episode of This Boring Life, and I, I liked him the most. I liked Sweet Lou. I liked Lance Gibson. I liked Daryl Evans. Daryl Evans was like a cult favorite of mine. I I don't know. I don't even know if they ever made a Daryl Evans starting lineup figure. Maybe. Probably not. That would be my guess. Probably not. They only made like three or four for each team. And if I was making it from the Tigers, I'd make Sweet Lou, Alan Trammell, probably Lance Parrish, and Chet Lemon. I think is who they made. I think I saw Chet Lemon in the bin, but I got all these guys for five bucks. That's like a buck and a quarter each. I felt fine with that. I'm happy to, happy to have them. I put them on my uh, action figure shelf. They're, they're on, I say action figure shelf. Like I only have one. I have like a uh, shelf of like random weird eighties, eighties things. I put them over there. They're happy to be there and I'm happy to have them. I was uh, lucky enough to check out Picard. That's the latest uh, Star Trek offering from CBS All Access. I signed up for CBS All Access through the logbook.com. That is Earl Green's site. I recommend you do so. There's a ton of great info there. So hang and clang a bit. Read some stuff. Listen to some pods. Sign up for CBS All Access. Anyway, I I watched Picard last night. And I I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to give away anything. But I, well, I do want to give this away. I want to give away the fact that I thought it was great. And that I loved it. And I had an awesome time. And I was like... Man, this is, we're living in the apex of Star Trek. This is some of the best Star Trek that there's ever been in all eternity. It's great. And, I mean, this is all a bit hyperbolic considering there's only been one episode. But I love Discovery, too. I thought that was, I thought that was getting near peak Star Trek as well. But this was, this was something magnificent. This is only the first episode, like I said. But I had such a good time watching it. It was so great to see Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, back in the uh, guise of John Luke Picard. It was it was just really comforting to see the dude and to see him do Picard and talk Picard style. I I was in heaven, man. I had a great time. The The story is only beginning to unfold. It has to deal with, like, his post-Starfleet career. This is all This is all in the trailers. You know that he's not a member of a... Starfleet anymore. This has been the future. He's retired to his to his vineyard making Chateau Picard in French. I wouldn't mind getting up on some of that. I saw that uh I saw that my dude Carlos from Geekfest Rant. He was drinking the uh, Chateau Picard while watching Picard. I I was drinking Sprite. I had some Sprite, big glass of ice. I had a nice time. We also we ate potato chips. Potato chips and onion dip. I don't uh, eat chips in the house a lot. So this was this was definitely a special occasion, but the show was dynamite, dude. It was so much fun. I I wonder, though, one of the uh, things they're hyping up is that Picard is going to talk to uh, Seven of Nine from Voyager. And um, at this point in, in the future, she's more she's more humanized. She's more Earth-like. She's wearing clothes, you know. She's wearing a jacket and pants, and she has her hair down. She's not in the, uh, in the Seven of Nine garb. What I wonder... When Picard first goes and talks to her, is he going to call her Annika, which is uh, her Earth name, Annika Hansen, or is he going to call her Seven of Nine and she's going to go, I go by Annika now, or something, or is he still going by Seven of Nine? I don't know. Have they ever met before? 
I also don't know. When when you see them meet in the preview, she goes, what are you doing here, Picard? Which which means she knows who he is, but at the same time, Picard is one of the one of the most famous people in in the galaxy. So obviously, she knows who he is. But it does it does seem like there's a bit of animosity. But this could only be a uh, like a teaser. This could be like a they're trying to misdirect you. Is what I meant to say. They're trying to they're trying to make you think there might be some heat when really they're old friends. I don't know. I'm looking forward to finding out. I'm really looking forward to just watching this this whole thing unfold. I. I love Discovery. Like I said, I don't mind paying for the CBS All Access to watch some really, really great Star Trek. The effects are great. The writing is great. The acting's great. I love Star Trek. This is known. I I was thinking about this the other day. I, I think I would relate it like this. When I was younger, when I was a young sprat, when I was a young boy, I was really into Star Wars. I love Star Wars figures. I love Star Wars toys and all that. But then Star Wars left our our lives for for many many years. It was gone. And then the prequels came, and I tried to I tried to get into the prequels. I couldn't. So Star Wars was out of my life for what I thought was permanently. But in the in the meantime, Star Trek had stepped in. Star Trek Next Gen was playing on TV when I would get home from school, and it stepped in. To that role that Star Wars had at one point. And I I have been living the Star Trek life for like years and years and years now. I've checked out every new show. I've watched all of it. I love it. I go see the movies. It's it's almost like my religion in a lot of ways. So to see like some real high level, real good, real high quality Star Trek on my TV, it's like it's just fantastic. Picard's great. I recommend that you guys sign up. Sign up for CBS All Access. Sign up and go check out what uh what's going on everybody's talking about it it's one of those things it's one of those things that you really you kind of need to be part of you need to be part of this uh this cultural zeitgeist that is now Picard at one time it was baby Yoda I see baby Yoda kind of fall into the wayside some of these baby Yoda memes are getting a little played out you know they're I'm gonna say they're definitely getting played out but it's going to it's gonna move into Picardomania before we know it Picard's dog number one his massive pit bull number one. Maybe that'll be the meme. I don't know. Maybe this young android gal he meets. Maybe she'll be the meme. I do not know. Maybe Annika Hansen. Maybe she'll be uh, the meme. But I, I'm i looking forward to finding out. I think it's going to be great. I I think I'm going to go. I think we've got enough to call it a show. I realize you guys have been really patient putting up with movie talk for this period of time. So when we, when we return, we'll have a toy topic. I think that'll be great. I think I'm going to talk about He-Man. Maybe like G1 Motus and maybe some of the Motus that I've bought already. I... I've been talking about He-Mans every week, but I I bought another He-Man, and it's on the way. I'm gonna talk about that. I'll talk about the ones I bought. I'll talk about the ones I already have. It's gonna be great. We'll we'll have a good time with that. So, my friends, until we meet again. If you don't know, I know. We only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Hi. If you've got a second, please drop by supportthereport.com and peruse all of the patron-exclusive content available to those who have the kindness, nay, the courage, 
toss in a couple of bucks in support of the greatest podcast in the world, the IC Robot Show. It's well worth the time, and on an ethical tip, it's what Captain America would do. Supportthereport.com